Welcome to this special Bushwick Book Club podcast. This is Susan Wong. I'm one half of Lester Lit with Charlie Nealand, and we're both speaking with Dame Darcy, self-made artistic force, mermaid pirate, visual artist, graphic novelist, musician, performing artist, who inspired our latest Lester Lit single, two songs inspired by Dame Darcy's comic book series, Meat Cake. Here's our conversation with her. We touch upon all the important things like making stuff and how to survive being attacked by the alt-right and being misunderstood by millennials while wanting to be their grandmother. We talk about non-stop making stuff no matter what the circumstances, even if they include marginalization, Reagan, and identifying more with Martha Stewart than with mainstream landlubber society. Oh, and Lester Litt gets a tarot reading. Here we go. So, um, how's everything going? It's good. Great. How are you? It's so great. Yeah. Your trip to London looked really fun. We had an amazing time. We got to talk to everybody about the seven inch and these songs. You're running around out in fairy world. We were. It was very fairy-like. We went to a place in Derbyshire called Thorpe Cloud. It's so fairy there that they call hills, or halfway between hills and mountains, they call them clouds. We were on a freaking cloud. That was, yeah. oh, so beautiful. Like, amazingly beautiful. I couldn't believe it was real. (laughs) I know. There There were places, many, I mean, I felt this often in Manchester, just like looking at the sky and feeling the green around me. Um, but I felt, I felt, it felt just like what I remember reading The Secret Garden was like when I was oh, a child. Yeah. It was one of my favorite oh, wow. books. Yeah. And I just had that secret garden feeling like all over northern yeah. northern England. Oh, as soon as, you, as soon as you drive out, it just looks, I mean, or it looks like a Tolkien book or something. Yeah, yeah that's what I thought. <laughs> it's cool. And then you guys were on the radio there? The DJs who've been playing our music, we were presenting them with the new single, and uh, a couple of them did interviews with us, and then played the new single after they put the interview together, and and, um, one of them created a whole episode around the new single and our songs, and it was so exciting. Here's the song Wax Wolf from the new Lusterlit single. Thank you. 
Yeah, I saw, I heard the radio like show recording, I think, and I shared it. And um, those DJs were hilarious. Those dudes that interviewed They're so funny. They were so They're funny. Dark. Well, I definitely am going to send them out to my patrons and create like a little thing on my Etsy for them so for people to order as well. Cool. What's your, um, Darcy, what's your latest uh, thing that you're working on or what's the latest thing that you've just published? Is it the calendar for, for 2019? So this and you is, just came out with a new tarot deck too, Yeah, right? so many things. Um, I just came out with Queen Alice Tarot a new calendar, the Suck Dog DVD release, um, Pleasant also produced that, and my autobiography I've been working on for three years on um, wow. on uh, Feral House comes out in on December 4th, and then we're going to tour next uh, Jan- January and February the southeast to the west coast. And then um, I'm in negotiations talking to my PR lady about doing stuff in the New England area, like in the spring, because I just, I don't want to be like traveling when it's weird road conditions, you know. And then after that, maybe Europe. Yeah. When you did the thing last year, um, in September of last year, with the, with the book Brooklyn Book Festival, it, it really, really made me happy because I had just, like, had to quit my job because of bullying. I'd just been attacked by Nazis, literally, oh my God. because I mentioned something on my social media about how horrible it was that the, the lady in Char- Charlottesville had gotten um, killed in the street, run over by, you know, the alt-right. And I, I mentioned just the horror that I was experiencing from something like that happening. And so they attacked me, and all this stuff was going down, and it really sucked here, and I was just having a really traumatizing time in the South. And then for me to be able to go and do that stuff with you showed that there was, like, people in the world that were sane, and I had friends, and it was com- there was camaraderie, and not everybody was just, like, an insane Trump supporter. It was great. <laughs> it was a wonderful night. Your performance was so fantastic at the end. It oh, was thank so you. magical. That's my new opera stuff, yeah. I'm doing like a Rococo electro, but Rococo album with Death by Doll. You did some of that material in Los Angeles a few months later when we played with you. Yeah. Yeah, I did the Mermaid song. And I think I read a little bit out of the autobiography at that point, but I was still in the process of writing it then. I am horrified by the autobiography coming out because I think everybody might like hate me for some reason for expressing my opinions. (laughs) When is it going to be released? December 4th is the date. I thought the date was Halloween before, but it got pushed back due to the printer. So exciting. And it's really exciting that we got to do stuff with your material because it's so rich and so your characters have such a, I don't know, they're, they're just so much fun to write about. And then your other, your those one-off stories like like Cutting where you where you take a historical idea or you take a... A, a concept and you you draw out this this completely amazing idea it's such great writing and it's is really great to do a musical piece inspired by it oh thank you yeah i um well, I, in, when i drew cutting i was uh i was in the beginning stages of starting to bake in my brain the like concept of the handbook for hot witches where, because um, I was working in Los Angeles, I was a art teacher in um, in a public school for inner city school kids, and a lot of my kids were minorities. A lot of them were Latino and black, and um, in nowhere in popular culture was there any kind of representation of what my kids looked like, and so I. In the handbook for hot witches, I was like, I'm just gonna write something that's like super inclusive and really helpful to girls to be like, look, don't let popular culture and the white male patriarchy that like rules this whole thing define who you are or make you feel like a second class citizen in a place that is ancestrally the place that you are from and that you own. So just own your beauty, whatever it looks like, whatever you look like own your culture, own what you are, and and women's culture in general has been swept under the rug 
and that's why, like, I, I'm a pagan, I'm a witch, and I've just been all about, like, digging up and unearthing centuries of the agenda to, like, bury what we are and empower today's generation with it and future generations with it. And I was a cutter as a goth teen um, because I just felt really crappy and confused and everything was telling me what I was was not valid and that what I was was just so marginalized. Nobody else in the world existed like me. And um, that's not true. We're not a majority, but we do exist. And I identify as LBGTQ because I don't care about heteronormative labels and agenda, you know, or any of that either. So I just thought, I'll just make a book like this for teens to tell them what, um, what I wished somebody had told me then to, like, maybe save lives. And, and at the time, I was, you know, drawing Meat Cake. That was a platform I had for publishing. So I put it in Meat Cake. And then I ultimately compiled some of it together to, to make the handbook for Hot Witches. It came out in 2012. Here's cutting from the new Lesterlit single. This is a very simple public service announcement for not spilling your blood, but for keeping every precious ounce in. I mean, you're gonna bleed anyway, anyway, every month. You're gonna bleed anyway, anyway. What's the rush? You're not Yeah. 
not alone You're not the only rock star PhD in DIY too. I see you working. <laughs> My new PhD in DIY. I like that. <laughs> I see it. That's you guys good. really you guys are like really producing a lot of excellent stuff. And I've realized today, like in the 16th century, you guys would be like poets and bards for the king or something like that, right? But nice. But today it's rock stars and the comedians are the philosophers. Because you can't be a poet or a philosopher nowadays, right? Um, well, I, I, people still do it. Um, I definitely, I know, I know some of them. They're great too, and I yeah. know that. And, and there's like, a, yeah, I mean. But this is how the market I consider, is. I consider com comedians more than just philosophers, though. I consider them um, kind of like priests almost and, mm -hmm. and 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 extra because they do the thing they do this thing for people that it's like it's hard to do for yourself you know it, it they do this thing where it's like they ignite a thought in you that can produce a physical mental emotional orgasm you know like <laughs> Who fucking does that for people? And yeah. they do it. They do it for um, not just you individually, but but a whole group of people at the same time. Mm -hmm. When do you get? When do you get to orgasm with like, you know, fifty to fifty thousand other people? You know, depending <laughs> on the size of the venue. Uh -huh. Like, but like that kind of like group orgasm is like it's pretty powerful. And what more do you want in terms of experience? You know, it's it's all-encompassing you can't control it it's um physical spiritual mental emotional all of that all combined it's it's really the height of of uh you know being alive yeah you know as far as i'm concerned so yeah it's great so, uh, yeah i mean it's the point there's entertainment right they're always like oh entertainment all we are is bread and circus right but then we're not at the same time we're catalysts for change like when I think about the 80s, I remember Madonna and Michael Jackson way more than I cared about Reagan, is what I'm saying. And they were they were de they defined the 80s and were kind of the leaders of the 80s in a weird way more than like the president. Yeah. I mean, people have a visceral memory and a sense, you know, from from the art that they took in at that time. You know, and all all of it all of it works together too. Well, and if, and if you think back on it, too, it's like a weird conservative time, right? But yeah. a, a lady embracing her, like, whorish, quote, whorish sexuality and the black guy were actually, like, in a lot of ways leading the country and leading the youth more than the president. 
<laughs> like Beyonce and Jay-Z make more money than anyone, make more money than God. I think they make more money than uh than you right. know the tech it guys. Um, isn't like the current queen of the universe, isn't it is it still Oprah? That's what I thought it was, but Yeah, Oprah, the, right. the embodiment of she's the black still, Madonna. She still rules, right? Probably, yeah. Yeah. That's cool. I'm cool with that. Yeah, I like her a lot, too. Um, I also really like um, Martha Stewart. Because ah. <laughs> she kind of, I do kind of the, like, goth version or weirdo art version of, like, what Aww. Martha Stewart does in a weird way. Like, I read That's her. That's sweet. I read her business book yeah. she wrote in prison. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. She She's definitely a doer, you yeah. know? Yeah. She doesn't sit on her ass. No, and she's super into Halloween. Like she's, <laughs> cool. I think she's secretly a witch because her Halloween book, yeah. like her Halloween magazine, is the size of a phone book when it comes out. Wow. <laughs> yeah, and can you imagine? She must live amazing life. Like for someone who wants to live like a glamorous life all the time, like she must really, I don't know. Every day must be amazing for her. <laughs> I like the sound of, I like the sound of that. Yeah. May every day be amazing for Martha Stewart. <laughs> yeah. As amazing as she can make it. I saw a friend yeah. of mine said she got into an elevator and Martha Stewart was already in the elevator at Stop. some some party. Like my friend's uh, dad lives in the Trump Towers and so like they had I don't know, this kind of thing happened in the elevator, I guess. So she's going up in the elevator and Martha Stewart's in there and she's got this zipper dress on and the the dress apparently is like one big zipper made into a into a like a dress that if you unzipped it it would like unzip kind of like an onion you know Whoa thing. And um like a spiral and yeah yeah cool. she was wow. like you've got this i want that dress yeah, i know it's cool it's kind of kinky she's like hey martha stewart you got this awesome weird zipper dress on and she's like yeah watch and she like unzipped it almost to like show her boo <gasps> to my <laughs> random friend in the elevator so martha stewart knows how to have fun like she's clearly like kind of kinky and fun too right like she's in the elevator doing that <laughs> that's all good news yeah 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 it gives us all hope that even when we go like super corporate which honestly not to be an american but like my biggest dream and what i've always been trying to do is be like the female version of tim burton right and just go super mm. corporate that's mm-hmm. what i've always wanted to do just to show just because you know in america particularly or just in the world maybe in general power is money and so when I have that money, I'm just going to do really fun stuff with it. And yeah. It. Like, yeah. here's a bunch of money. Make sure none of the dolphins die anymore in the ocean. Like, take all the yeah. plastic out of the ocean. Here's that. Or, like, build some beautiful, like, I'm working on a, I want to make, like, a haunted house-themed giant hotel based on my comic book and, like, have that. For, you know, so that, especially in the South, too, where, like, um, where everybody's really conservative and gross, um, in the Bible Belt, to have something like that is, like, a, a putting, like, a, a flag on the moon, you know, like, a beacon of hope in a yeah. desert, red desert, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, that's just, what, like, what you were saying before. That's what, I think, all these figures that we're talking about, they're, like, they're kind of like our shaman, you know. They're the they refocus our attention from this world of achievement and politics into an internal place. That that there's a lot of people in the South who aren't conservative, who aren't aligned with that. They have they they're they're starving for something like this for for what you do. So it's. Or to just even have fun. Like, I'm sure a lot of conservative people go to Disneyland, but they don't consider... It was made by an artist and an animator, and it was made by somebody who thinks outside the box and is creative and wacko and weird, or else they wouldn't come to see it anyway, you know? Like, it wouldn't exist. You just take it for granted that it was always there. It took a visionary to create it, right? 
Yeah. And and well, we know you and you're you're one of those visionaries. <laughs> well, we got we got to create, we got to break the mold. We got to be catalysts for change. You know, they would have burned us at the stake before for being a catalyst, but that's what all those women were. And I feel like by being alive and being successful today and being like an, a minority or a female or LGBTQ or whatever, and by being successful in today's world, despite all that, you're giving relevance to the people who died and suffered in previous generations for what they were. You're giving them like a life now. And you're propagating that into the future for future generations. It's the importance, that's the purpose to my life at all. And I feel like that's the purpose to artists in general. Mm -hmm. I really love Oscar Wilde. He was imprisoned, you know, for being gay. But he was the funniest, most amazing, hilarious person. When you read his stuff, it sounds super contemporary. And he said, there's no such thing as bad publicity. So I just got to remember that when my book comes out. And I think everyone's going to hate me because I had a book come out. So whatever. Like... <laughs> I can't wait for your book to come out. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I'm so scared. I have never. It's funny because I make all these crazy things. All this like meat cakes for yeah. bananas. Yeah. And as a kid, I made meat cake and I was like, ha ha ha, bitches. Take this, right? <laughs> I'm going to draw this comic book and it's going to be totally batshit. In your faces, right? I was just like that. <laughs> but, now, but now I'm like, I'm like, oh, I want everybody to love me so that I'm their grandma, you know? <laughs> I want everyone to love their goth grandma and not get mad at my opinions, you know? But at the same time, I'm like, I've got a lot of opinions, and if you're gonna ask me to yeah. write about my life, I gotta say them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. a, it's a. It, you don't really have a choice right now to be anything but who you are. You know, like you. That's you know, you're Dame Darcy. That there you go. Like you're not gonna um, uh, edit yourself. You're not going to uh, be anything less than who you are. So. Yeah. That's like why we love you, and we love the well, art thank that you, you make. I love you guys yeah. too. You guys are. You guys are doing, you guys, what you're doing is so cutting edge and cool and like so integral and important for like, especially stirring things up in New York. My biggest dream for you guys is to get your own like family, what is that called? Like Prairie Home Companion Hour, but like your version of it. Ah, that'd be hilarious. <laughs> I would love that. Or like some yeah, version of The fun. Muppet Show, but it's like wackier, you know. Yeah, like I feel like the Muppet Show. I do. It's like every day is the goddamn Muppet Show. They had like but, Lena uh, Horne and they had worse. Yeah, they, oh, they had true. Lena Horne. Yeah, they had Lena Horne. They had like um, Steve Martin and his banjo playing. They had all these cool people on there. Oh, we did Steve Martin's book too. Oh, really? Uh -huh. A couple summers ago. It was so funny. I yeah, love so him. Fun. Did, yeah. did he beautiful. perform banjo? Um, no, but maybe next time. Yeah. He's good. He's a really good banjo player. I know. I know. Right. We invited yeah. him, but, you know. Well, he's up in those beautiful towers of fame, right? He's, like, up in the echelons where things are glittery and clean all the time. Yeah, we'll ask him about that. We'll ask him about How clean the, is it? Yeah. So what kind of dirt you got in the... <laughs> it's just glitter. realms of... They don't have dirt up there. Success. Right. They don't no, have really? Even the dirt is pretty. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just picture it like, yeah. I mean, I've, I've been... I've, being like an underground celebrity for 30 years has been really interesting because you're like... You're like not famous enough to have not famous people problems. The dirt's still dirty? Yeah. <laughs> but then you're famous enough to have famous people problems. Like, I uh. can't... I've had a lot of stalkers. Oh, you have? I was going to ask you about that. Whether they have good or bad intentions, like the Nazi stalking me was really bad, but then, like, I've had really cute, sweet stalkers that just almost, oh, you're so... Aww. You're so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm so sorry, you know, but they, they would send... They sent me, like, a... They sent me, like, uh, I got this really cool box in the mail, uh, like, fan mail. And in the box was a fur coat 
<laughs> with all of this, these bonbons like stuck in it, and a champagne bottle, all the glass broken everywhere, and it's just like oh my God. disgusting, <laughs> sticky fur mess. Wow. When I opened wow. it up, because my stalker was like, Dame Darcy would really love a nice fur coat. That'd be luxurious for her. And some bonbons and some champagne. That's sweet. And oh, I, that is sweet. Yeah, but when I opened it, it looked like... Failed, but sweet. It looked like this disgusting, like, maybe, I don't know, male, like a bomb where they had... <laughs> <laughs> And like put broken glass and a dead animal in there. And I was just like, what is this? (laughs) It's someone's good intentions. I know. (laughs) God bless them. Oh, I can't wait for Lesterla to get um, some sweet stalkers, maybe. Uh, (laughs) uh, Bonbons, failed bonbons in the mail. What would they send us, Charlie? They'd send us like like books and tambourines or something. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Those are not. Those are good items to get. Those would be book really lights. Good. We need. We need book lights. Yeah, because they're good for books and for music stands. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's what we need. Yeah, that's perfect. Um, maybe like snacks to eat while we're reading. Yeah. Uh, highlighters need some highlighters. Well, these are all fun yeah. stuff. Like if you guys started a Patreon, like I have a Patreon, uh-huh. and I I send people books and dolls and I, the new DVD, the calendars, everything I mentioned before, like my patrons get at the different price tiers. And um, you guys could send out the highlighters. And I know, we look. should do that. So yeah. far for our um, fund fundraising, our crowd fundraising campaigns, um, we haven't offered anything like that, but we what we offer is advice. And uh-huh. no one's actually taken us up on it. But we, <laughs> offer, we offer good and bad advice. <laughs> well, you guys know, you guys are really, you do have a PhD in DIY and you guys would be someone to talk to as far as like, how do you make a career as a musician? Like, that's a uh, good question. I don't question. know if I would be the one to talk to about that, but <laughs> <laughs> maybe Charlie. I don't know. <laughs> Charlie, definitely. I mean, Charlie, how long have you been definitely. doing this, Charlie? You've been doing it 30 years probably too, right? Yeah. I mean, I haven't had a day job for about... uh 15 years anyway yeah so that's something but uh, you know doing it everybody has their own weird path a- anybody who i know who's that's for making a living sure. doing this yeah has a strange yeah. thing that they're that they ran into and they they combine that with their life and all of a sudden they have their they keep going and they have a thing that they're that it helps them do so i don't mm. know mm-hmm mm-hmm I know, it's weird, too. It seems so... I mean, we all know that the corporate people, like Alyssa Milano or whatever, whoever that is... <gasps> Alyssa Milano! And, like, <laughs> Nicki Minaj, maybe, and, like, yeah, I don't know, Miley Cyrus. These people were, like, Britney Spears. These people, like, produced by something, right? They weren't... They're not, like, us. But then, But then there's, you know, I don't know, like, Thurston Moore or something. He's really solid. You know, he's a, he's solidly mm-hmm. a rock star. He keeps being a rock star, and yet he doesn't seem to compromise. And he continues to just be weird and do what he wants. And everybody uh, really connects to it, you know? And he's been doing it forever since the 80s, too. So it's it's weird how there's there's different tiers and ways that this even works. Now, even though everything's stolen and virtual, that's why I really like your idea with the 7-inch you guys just made of the Waxwolf thing, because we've gone back to the 90s model, where things have to be in reality. When you produce something that's really cool, like a black thing with like a cool blue vinyl, and it comes with an insert that's a drawing, the songs or whatever, it's a, it's a piece of art that you can hold and own, where if you download that, you don't get that experience. Yeah, definitely. And the guys at Brooklyn Phono make it all happen and they really walk the talk, you know, they really like live what they believe in. And it matters a lot to them to help these artists make these pieces of art, you know, like help these musicians, you know, create this beautiful sounding thing that is also, um, you know, physical artwork too. Um, And like satisfying on so many different levels. 
When did you start to identify with being a mermaid? Was it like when you were a child? I think, so when I try to explain to people, because I, I say I'm a cartoonist, I'm a pirate, I'm a witch, I'm a mermaid, and they go, well, which one is it? I'm like, okay, so let me just break it down for you guys. My race is mermaid, my mm-hmm. religion mm-hmm. is witch, and my profession is cartoonist, but the way I go about it is often pirate because there's nothing, mm. uh, there's no, it's not like there's a clear or already defined or like path that I could just walk down already on my own where all these other people have gone and just do it that way and make yeah. a success in myself. I have to, it's kind of a, it's like a science experiment mm-hmm. through trial and error, like how this is going to work or how that's going to work. And and, and like, I've always thought about how I love Hemingway. I love to read Hemingway's boy's book. He was very macho and all this stuff, but he was an adventurer that had a very weird Zen side. And he, uh, he was able to start in the twenties and then just in the thirties, forties, fifties, sixties, until he killed himself. All those decades went by where he did the same thing. He wrote books, he published books and his trajectory snowballed up into the point where he was like, um, successful and building 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 upon success i started my thing in the 90s then the whole thing switched out the whole way you you write or sell or anything publishing all this and music everything that i did switched out and now it's switched out again and if it had stayed the same maybe it could have built upon the trajectory but because i'm always playing catch up i'm just able to barely survive this whole time and that's what i mean by being a pirate you have to like uh-huh. always find a way whatever through. way to yeah, make it whatever work. Cir- yeah. the circumstance and you can't go by the rules or the laws necessarily because they're constantly switching and they, don't, yeah. and they don't benefit us anyway since when like is going being a good girl and going by all the rules like ever benefited me yeah. really you know <laughs> so I don't. And then with the with um, the witch thing again, like I worship the goddess, and that's my religion. So I identify by as a witch. I'm out of the broom closet. I'm very vocal about being a witch because there's many people who are not. They don't look like weird goth Barbies like I do, and they mm-hmm. are minorities and they get bullied and and screwed with. For, so they practice, but they don't. They don't want to talk about it like I do. But I have mm-hmm. to. But I have to, so I can be like yeah. an example for other people. So I am out of the room closet with that. And as far as mermaid goes, like I feel like it's genetic too. Like my mom's a mermaid. Mm-hmm. Mermaids can be any race. It's just about mm-hmm. being into the ocean. I'm from Atlantis. I remember Atlantis. I wrote about my yeah. past lives in my life in Atlantis. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, my mom's from Southern California, and we'd go to the beach all the time when I was a kid. And um, from Idaho, I was raised in Idaho on a horse ranch, but we'd go to Southern California, and I would go to the ocean, and I was just like so, I was like, this is where I belong. Wherever I belong, it's by this ocean, because I can't be landlocked. I hate it. I'm not a landlubber. And I feel like this whole dumb landlubber society in the law of man doesn't apply to the law of nature and the ocean and mermaids. It just doesn't. And um, and that's another pirate-like thing, I guess, that way. Mm-hmm. And um, and uh, I've been coronated. I'm one of the mermaid queens of Coney Island. Yeah. Um, and I saw Splash when I was 13. And I was like... I remember that, too. <laughs> and I, I love that movie. <laughs> it's the best, right? Yeah. <laughs> when I saw Splash, I was like... I First off, I grew up and looked like Daryl Hannah. Like, we looked like sisters. Yeah, yeah. And I knew that I would grow up and look like Daryl because she was like 23 at the time and I was 13. She's mm-hmm. like 10 years older than me. So beautiful, yeah. And um, I was like, oh, I know what I'm supposed to do now. Like once I'm going to go to New York City, I'm going to be a mermaid. And <laughs> because I saw Splash. And you know what? I did. I, wow. <laughs> I went, moved to New York City and I was a mermaid. So it does work. Like <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, that's perfect. It totally is your your life trajectory. It's really funny. And then and yeah. my mom is also a mermaid. Like my mom's a mer mom, and mm-hmm. um, <laughs> she's really cute. Like she was a nurse. She worked really hard her whole life as a nurse because those those girls they really really work. 
And I know it's that's like yeah. They're the glue that holds society together. All the women's professions um, really are truly the people that are underpaid, but they hold the society together. Teachers, nurses, all these awesome ladies, and mm-hmm. um, they're the unsung heroes and underpaid heroes, and they need more. They deserve to be paid way more. But she retired now, so she has a beach house that's mermaid themed, and she is a very strong like ocean conservationist activist now because she's always time to like focus on the things she loves and oh that's really nice she makes mermaid crowns out of the shells she finds on the beach and does oh, all this wow. stuff no plastic in the ocean and she paints seascapes and she's just gone into oh, wow. mermaid land like full-blown i like this <laughs> i like this story it's cute i'm wow. really glad for her like she she worked so hard and now she's just spending you know another 30 years on this in this world like being a mermaid and chilling out that's great do you experience atlantis like in your dreams or when you're meditating or at certain states or times of day or something are there are there times when like atlantis is like a little stronger for you yeah thanks for knowing that yes and then i also like meditate and i go there in my in my meditation place that uh-huh. I picture. I would imagine it would arise, yeah. It's really cool. And then I also meet people that are other mermaids. Like, I was gonna ask that too. I was like, how can you I bet you can tell. I bet you yeah. can tell when you're meeting another mermaid. Yeah. I always can. And they're mm-hmm. of any race. Like that's the beauty yeah. of Atlantis. I loved that about Atlantis. And it's also I also feel like mermaids and dolphins are the same thing. That's when I'm really into mm-hmm. dolphins. They like, mm-hmm. we evolved enough to come out of, cause we all started in the sea and we all started in Africa mm-hmm. and the sea. Right. Mm-hmm. So we're all from yeah. there. And then we evolved out of there and went on land and the, the dolphins were like, screw this land lover shit. And they went back into the ocean and that's mm-hmm. why they had lungs. Right. That's why they're mammals, but mm-hmm. they're sea creatures. And I feel mm-hmm. like mermaids, are, mermaids are the same thing. We like, some of us kept evolving and they kept going and they're like getting hairier and hairier and they have feet and all this stuff. And then the mermaids <laughs> kind of went, went on land and were like, ah, oh, I don't want to commit to this. This land lover crap doesn't, is not as fun. And so they just went back. And mm. I feel like that's when I, when I was a mermaid in my first life in Atlantis, I remember I had actually a fin, right? So this is why I identify so well with trans because I feel like I'm a, I feel like I'm a mermaid in a landlubber world, and I'm like, why do I have these legs? I'm not be treated, living the life that I'm supposed to be living. I'm not being seen or treated the way that I should be being treated because this is this weird landlubber world. Whereas, like, so I can really understand how they. F- I really empathize with people who think they're a girl, but they're mm, a boy mm. because we're born a boy because i was born in a land of the world and i it's the same alienation like constant alienation and like disassociation with like why do i look like this and not this you know so there's all that but but also i think it's genetic too because if my mom hadn't been a mermaid and brought us to the ocean and hadn't been so into all of that i don't know if i would be this either so, right. but I see other mermaids and I'm like, I'm like, oh, she has like mermaid eyes or this girl has mermaid hair. And I just, uh-huh. and I can tell, or they're wearing some kind of weird aquamarine net like top or something. And I can always, and when I say like, are you a mermaid too? They're like, yeah, I'm a mermaid too. Oh my God. How did you know? Right. <laughs> That's wow. awesome. It's cute. And there's a lot of mermaids in New York. That's one mm-hmm. of they have their entire like mermaid parade, and it's on my birthday. The mermaid parade is on my birthday too, and it's on oh the, my lord! And it's on the summer solstice, which is also my birthday. That's birth- hilarious. So it's perfect. It's this big pagan like mermaid summer celebration festival that's also on my birthday. So <laughs> it's bananas. I love it because I get to celebrate my birthday like with all with your other- people right it's really fun and- uh with your new tarot deck would you give luster lit a tarot reading oh 100 <laughs> yeah do you, do you want do me it to online, do that right I mean, now like yeah on, yeah uh, yeah that's uh, fine while we're totally on the phone so yeah this That'd is um nice. <laughs> let me get my deck so this is the um dame darcy queen alice tarot 
And Ooh. it comes with like, <laughs> it's really cute. Um, I really love Alice in Wonderland. Um, and I, they had a lot of different characters um, in the story. And then also, there's a lot of different characters and meanings in the tarot deck that I based a rider weight on. And so I just applied them to the me the characters of Alice to the meanings of the of the uh, <clears throat> of the um, rider weight deck. Um, so I'm I'm shuffling the cards right now, and I'm um, clearing the deck of energy from the last um, reading. So I cleared the deck of energy. So ask your question and say both of your names three times because it's both of you guys. So Susan Huang, Susan Huang, Susan Huang, or Lusterlit. Lusterlit, Lusterlit, Lusterlit. Charlie Neelan, Charlie Neelan, Charlie Neelan. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> So I do this thing where I separate the deck into three piles, then I put the piles back on top of each other, and then I um, shuffle the deck one more time, and I do this thing where I make the rainbow spread where it is um, past, present, future, and signifier, four different cards, and I make the uh, cards into the arc of a rainbow. And since you guys can't see the rainbow, I'm going to run my hand over the rainbow for you. And then you just tell me, like, now. And then when you say now, I'll pick the four cards for you guys. So I'm doing the first okay. one, which is for past. Okay. Now. Okay. Another one. Now. Okay. Another one. Now. Okay, that was the future. And then one more signifier. Now. Okay. So, um, the, you've got the seven of pentacles as your, uh, the past, the nine of wands as your present, the devil as the future, and the three of cups as your signifier. So wow. the, the devil and the nine of wands are, they seem like bad cards, but they're not necessarily. Like, it looks to me like, so you guys have some, the conflict of the nine of wands, and maybe, and the devil is not like the devil necessarily. What it means is feeling, um limited or like you're discontented with a certain situation that you're in, but you have the power to empower yourself to let yourself go of that situation. The devil, um, the um, people in the devil have these chains around their neck. The chains are like big enough for them to lift it over their head and free themselves. And the three of cups is over, oh, the seven of pentacles, sorry, the seven of pentacles shows that you guys have some skills and you guys have talent and you guys have a, have a lot of potential in your future and all kinds of stuff and you're like happy and willing and not afraid to apply it. So you guys are applying it and that will get through any conflicts or whatever. And I don't think your conflicts have anything to do with you guys it's more like the world in general is just kind of dumb and not set up to really benefit people that do what you do or like you. So you're kind of like you against the world in a way to like bring this cool thing into the world at all to even exist. That's your, that's your conflict. But it looks like the three of cups with the three of cups with the signifier, the overarching um, energy of all, your whole reading shows you've got a lot of really great friends that's, that are super supportive and um, you've got a really strong, cool art community of awesome people and that you're all like dancing and having a fun time with your, with your teacups and that you love each other so much and everything's cool. So it looks to me that your hard work, your talent, your skills, and your friends and your community are going to override anything that 
is a conflict or anything that could make you feel like, you know, oppressed limited, or, yeah. right, or limited. So it's, it's a good reading. And I think it's, it came up to remind you guys, like, even in those dark times when you're like, oh my God, it's going to have to be so much money to rent this venue or whatever dumb crap comes up, right? That to remember that you've got the skills and you've got the talent and you've got the friends to overcome any problems and to remember that even during some tough times that you'll be successful and it'll be awesome. Thank you so much. That's like Thank that's a, such you. a dynamic. That's a great dynamic. That was an interesting one. That yeah. feels right on. But you guys are great. You guys are truly amazing and unique. I mean, nobody else is doing anything like what you're doing at all. So when you live when you live life on your own terms, it's the best life instead of other people just telling you what to do. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Darcy. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's been a great, a great time yeah. talking. To I you. can't wait for for more more times to connect and make things with you. Thanks, guys. Okay, Love thanks, Darcy. Love you too. Thanks, Darcy. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.